everybody. <laughs> Woo! We are here. We're doing it. Six o'clock on the dot. I'm in my drop top. Who's in the streets? Got a real pretty, pretty little thing that's waiting for me. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm going to give everyone a little bit of time to pop in. Happy Sunday. How's your Sunday going? How you feeling? You're in here. You're doing it. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. How you doing this Sunday? I definitely, definitely needed more space. I'm sure this looks really different. <laughs> I'm chilling. I'm really chilling right now. Kicking it. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Today we're talking about problematic song lyrics. I'm going to give people enough time to pop in. If you're in this live right now, and if you're listening to this podcast and playback, I want you to go ahead and send this live right now to three to five friends that you think would be interested in having a great conversation about problematic song lyrics. I am so excited for today. I'm so excited for today. You know, I'm, I'm excited for every Sunday. There's no Sunday that is better than the other. I always anticipate each Sunday, like, I just get so excited because I love the sex talk so much. And also, inside and outside, you know, of the conversation. From Sunday to Sunday, you know, I have so many interesting conversations with all these different people. Especially, like, as a talking point when people ask me, like, you know, ask me about the sex talk or um, they find out about the sex talk, they see it in my bio, whatever it is. It's just a really interesting talking point. And um, I don't know if I talked about this last week, but when I did the, uh, when I went to go pass out flyers, I uh, stopped in a few businesses and, and there was one place in particular that was like, can I hang up this flyer? And they were like, what is it about? What is it about? And I was like, I do a podcast called The Sex Talk. And they were like, <laughs> and I had to explain it. And I'm so used to doing the sex talk myself. Uh, and I'm so used to talking about sex now. Like, you know, being at this for a year now. Or almost a year in April. It's almost the sex talk's birthday. Uh, but, you know, just openly talking about sex outside of my professional setting. Like, my work setting. It's just so... It's so... It's like normal to me now. So, I forget that I have to explain it to other people. And that's... Like, that's what I want for myself. And that's what I want for other people. Is like, you know, just... Yeah. I do the sex. I talk about sex. And I say penis, vagina, genitalia, oral sex, anal sex. Just... Just boom. Just... (laughs) Just throwing it out there, you know? (laughs) So, um, yeah. We're in here. We're doing it. I'm going to give people just like 30 more seconds to pop in. Send this live to three to five friends that you think would be interested in having this conversation. Today, we're talking about problematic song lyrics. Make a bold move today. Send this this live to to a friend that you're like, "I, I think you would like this. I don't know. Some people are offended by talking about sex. Some people aren't. Some people just need that little nudge, you know, just a little... 
Not the Bayang. The Bayang. <laughs> Thank you so much. Also, shout out to you. Um, if you're interested in having a PDF version of the uh, flyer, the TST flyer, let me know. Drop your email in my uh inbox i can email you the flyer and wherever you are i want you to hang it up in your favorite mom and pop coffee shop or a place where they have a community board or go somewhere and and to go to your favorite place where you got your your favorite uh customer service people and you're like hey can you hang this up in the employee break room wherever there's a board where information is being being shared hang it up there (laughs) and yeah, hey girl, hey, 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 hi, 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 hi. I love y'all so much. Thank you so much. I see your comments. I can't wait to read them afterwards. I see the hearts. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, um, yeah, this, you know, even though it's normal to me to talk about these things, I still get nervous. I'm not gonna lie. I, I still get nervous. I still get the jitters and all that good stuff because I, I I care about this and I love it so much. So boom, we're about to get it. We're about to get it started. Hey everybody, how you doing today? Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Talk. Today we're talking about problematic song lyrics, and I have so much to tell you i have so much to tell you so i want you to put your thinking cap on because you know i'm gonna ask you questions you know i'm gonna i'm gonna lay it on you and i'm gonna lay it on you quick with consent of course ha no pun intended i'm laid on you with consent and i want to know what yes yes it is Yes, it is. It is. You're amazing. I want to know what you think about these things. And I want you guys to genuinely, I want you to take in whatever you hear me say and drop a comment below. Okay. Because I read these comments after the fact and it like the things that you guys contribute to the conversation blows my mind. I'm like, yo, I didn't even think of it that way. But I'm a thinker, you know? I I love thinking and I I just process information. It's like I want to learn more. I just want to know more. I want to learn more. I'm I'm forever a student. So anyway, before we get into the juicy stuff, I want to say welcome back. Thank you to everyone who has streamed, commented, followed, and shared the sex talk. Thank you so much. Your support does not go unnoticed. Shout out to India, Japan, Canada, and Czech Republic. Yo, I have people listening from those places, and that is humbling. Thank you so much. From across the world! (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Shout out to the 4% of the TST listeners who are between the ages of 45 and 49 years old. Are you serious? Come on. TST is for everyone. All ages, shapes, sizes, places, and spaces. I want to have the conversation with you. So thank you so much for tuning in and and share. Share to Brazil. Share to Australia. Share all over the world. Let's talk about sex. Because I know in different places, there's different cultures and different standards around sex, sex, sexuality, and sensuality. So let's get into it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I noticed that one of our most streamed podcasts is our talk about sex and anxiety. Y'all let me know. If you want to have a part two of that conversation or if you would like to discuss ADHD, bipolar, schizophrenia, and sex, let me know. Shout out to mental health, okay? That is not that is not a bad thing in these parts, okay? Mental health is a normal thing, just like sex. Okay, if you would like to support the sex talk, you can do so, you can do so by sharing the content from any platform you consume um, and or... 
and or donate to TST TV 143 via Cash App or Venmo. Again, that's TST TV 143. If somebody could type that in the comments and uh, I'll pin it for you. But my Cash App and Venmo for T- the, the Sex Talk is TST TV 143. Every dime that's donated to the Sex Talk goes right back into the Sex Talk, whether it be materials, uh, whether it be, mat- thank you. Um, whether it be materials, educational workshops, whatever it is, I'm looking to, uh, I have some plans. I'm not going to disclose everything, but I have some plans, um, and financial support will be ideal. You will be uplifting this queer black female voice. So thank you in advance. And I see you. So boom, why are we talking about problematic song lyrics? Okay. Um, You have people who aren't talking about sex, aren't allowed to think about sex, not properly educated, who are looking to music, music videos, celebrities, free pornography sites, um, and wherever else they can find it to learn about sex. Like there are literally people out here that are like, I've never had sex. I'm not allowed to think about it. I can't talk about it. And I'm going to use media, mainstream media to uh, learn about it. Literally, I've heard that come out of people's mouths. And also, like, that's that's common. That's pretty common. Uh, a while ago, I was watching a sex talk about pornography. And there was this guy that was basically saying, like, he used to be addi- addicted to pornography. And he was expressing that, um, he was expressing, uh, you know, in his transformation and his cha- change, you know, he expressed, like, his research and how he found pornography to be, uh, the reasons why he found uh, pornography to be problematic. And this is what he added that I thought was really interesting, right? So you look at pornography and you look at, it's, it's a movie, right? like the mainstream pornography they're mainly movies um and and paid professionals these are actors uh who are uh on stimulants to stay erect um they have hd cameras hd lighting makeup role playing a shooting budget all these different things um and they have to angle their bodies in certain ways so that you know the camera can get a specific shot of the act right that's completely unrealistic and so when you look at i don't know if you guys are pornography consumers or that or anything like that but if you look at uh porn the movie the like the professional movies that are created in pornography versus the homemade movies that are that are on porn sites vast difference and if you try to replicate what's done in the movies it could create harm for yourself or all parties involved and so uh media mainstream media music videos all these different things they're painting these pictures movies they're painting these pictures of sexual acts or sexuality that's unrealistic you know and so and and these aren't like sex isn't being talked about in a way that i feel is uh in in a public way that i feel is is uh you know, reducing harm, which is the point of why we're here. We're here to reduce harm and destigmatize and mobilize. But uh, yeah, and I thought that TED Talk was really interesting. And that person in particular, like if he, he, uh, he was, uh, you know, he was coming out of a space of over the overconsumption and his life was wrapped up in consuming pornography. So that's a whole nother conversation that I'm not, that I'm not even trying to debate, you know? However, I love that he, when he said that, it stuck with me forever, um, and I'll never forget it. Is what what are we consuming? And that's the point of this conversation, which I'll get into later. 
conscious consumption, right? So, boom. If you're bah. Then, number two, (laughs) social responsibility. At some point or another, people will have more than one set of eyes on them. And whether you're a parent or older sibling, leader leader of your friend group, or you're a person that people genuinely gravitate to, you become socially responsible for others' influence or behavior to an extent. Now, I've had a lot of conversations or heard people say that um, I, I don't like to look at myself as a leader. I don't think that I'm a leader or I just accepted that I'm a leader and da 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 and all these different things but the thing about it is like people will gravitate to you for whatever reason it could be because they like the way you look they like the clothes that you got on you remind them of a sibling you remind them of an old friend or you might wear some cologne or perfume or a scent that reminds them of a time in their childhood when times were good and things like that you never know who's watching you you never know who's aligning themselves with uh like aligning the way that they behave with the way that you behave and to go back to my first point is like there's people who look up to celebrities like we talked about with Jacoby Jacoby talked about how he's heard his peers say um I learned a lot from my favorite artists and da 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 and I want to be like them you know um that's a real thing people look up to celebrities to uh you know to be to be like them you know what do you think about that? Who were your favorite celebrities growing up? Who did you want to be like growing up? Who do you want to be like, um, you know what I'm saying? Not even on a celebrity status or anything like that. Like, are there people in your life that you want to model your behavior or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, dang, I just want to be like such and such. Like, um, you know, I know some people in my life who have impacted the way that I do youth work and I'm like I want to model the way that I approach young people that way or uh, my artistry I want to model the way that I create art that way you know whatever it is how about you what do you think about that Uh, so boom I believe that it is so important to be in alignment with your own personal purpose, integrity, and nobility because at one point or another, you will impact someone else's life, some more than others. So there there might be people in your life that you impact them in a major way. And then there might be people that you might impact them in, in just the subtlest way. Like, you were just so kind to me and I appreciate that. Then there's people who have more influence than others. For example, we're talking about celebrities right now, but they have very big influence and they have eyes on them all the time and so what are you going to do with that influence and when I say be in line be in alignment with your purpose integrity and nobility it's like Cardi B for example she'll be really quick to tell you that I don't make she doesn't make music for kids you know Nicki Minaj she went through it too how many artists say that you know I don't make music for kids so I'm gonna say what I want to say and da 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 and all this other stuff and I can't do anything about what they choose to do that's that in the third and blah 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 um at least they stand in alignment with that purpose or whatever it is um but that's just an example uh <laughs> a celebrity example right what do you think about that have you ever heard your favorite celebrity say that about kids that align with their purpose and all that good stuff and the so ons and the so forth. That said, celebrities have tons of eyes on them often, right? So I believe that celebrities are very much human and deserve grace for falling off the unrealistic pedestals that we put them on. And also they have a social responsibility to resist certain narratives. That's something I genuinely stand on. Now, I can say that 
from my perspective because like I'm not under the public eye so you know however I would hope that I still you know one day when I am in front of the public eye um, in that type of uh, like level Lord please help me but uh, <laughs> you know I just I just want to always stay in alignment with, with my purpose and always be open to you know feedback and conversation but we'll get to that uh so what do you think about that though i think that we should apply pressure to people who have tons of influence and stakeholders in the industry in in this industry specifically being everything that i'm laying down right now and i'm I'm wrap it all up y'all know how i get down how do we change the paradigm for more mature mainstream r&b and hip-hop music now r&b and hip-hop music is my main music of consumption like i said i speak through a specific lens but also this conversation country music singers contemporary music singers gospel music singers that's a whole nother conversation but no genre is exempt no you know artists is exempt there's i'm sure there's problematic messaging in all genres of music and things like that so i just i'm speaking from this specific lens for this specific reason and you you'll see in a minute <laughs> so on the other on the flip side is the current mainstream music a peek into our true state and outlook on sexuality is it is it what we're what we're saying in music is that what people really believe about sex right now the 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 people who are on billboards and all this up billboards top 100 hot music pop list is that what we really think about sex right now when you think about what's being played on the radio you know what i'm saying what do you think about that what what do you think about that (laughs) okay so boom i got a story for you so the other day I was walking through my house and I had my headphones on and I was listening to When We, the remix by Tank, Trey Songs, and Ty Dolla Sign. Now I had that song on repeat for some reason. I was just feeling it that day. And I was listening to uh, the song over and over. For some reason, when I got towards my kitchen, like the third or fourth time, these two lines stuck out to me. Um, on the last verse of Tank's uh song when we he said you got plenty miles and baggage but i can still make you a savage pause he said you got plenty miles and baggage but i can still make you a savage (laughs) now yeah before i go into detail about this uh I want to add that I've consumed a lot of Tank's music from the beginning of his uh, career, like when he started to <laughs> when he started to uh, do his thing and everything like that. Like I remember his old songs and everything like that. Please don't go. I deserve all this other stuff. He used to make a lot of music about breaking up and making up and da da da. And so now he's doing his thing and he, you know, bah, you know, he grew into the industry and all this other stuff. Now, um, my thing about it was those and I'm gonna explain why those two lines stuck out to me but I also want to add that um I made a caption about this I made a caption about these lyrics and I explained why I feel like they're problematic and I I scripted the the caption in a way for a few different possibilities him seeing the caption 
being one of the possibilities. And he did. He actually saw the caption and he responded. He commented and asked, why are my song lyrics problematic? And so I answered him in the way that I felt was appropriate. First, I had to double check. I was like, is this really Tank? Okay, cool. So I responded and then he said, I missed the point and went to explain why he said what he said, which kind of made it worse. It kind of made, it kind of validated my opinion as to why I felt like his lyrics were problematic. And then when I responded, you know, the conversation was short-lived. But then I reached out to a friend and I was like, please tell me I'm not crazy. You know, like, what do you think about this? Um, But yeah. So in this context, he said, you got plenty miles and baggage, but I can still make you a savage, right? And so in this context, miles is a metaphor for body count. And so when you think of miles in relation to miles on a car, a car goes down. That goes without saying that a car uh, decreases in value when it increases in miles. Now, can you tell me why a woman is being equated to a car? Pause. One. You can't, you can't justify that, Tank. Like, come on. And <laughs> um, and so I've mainly heard this angle used towards women from men, right? Um, did did we forget that not too long ago, black people were documented and sold this property? Okay. Uh, but shortly after that, women had to say, um, "Hey, I I need some rights." over here i need some rights over here um maybe voting working and uh wearing pants just a few nothing too crazy you know what i'm saying and not to mention stonewall the stonewall uprising but it's like uh you know like miles oh my god Oh my God. Okay. Anyway. So, and then when it comes to baggage and trauma, um, this notion that we must fix each other must cease. Now I, I believe that we align with folks and our alignment will either bring out the best or worst in each other, but we, but we decide as individuals, if we change for the better or not. And I want to know what y'all think about that. Um, I've been, I've perpetuated that, uh, that thought process for whatever reason for whatever way I was programmed I've perpetuated that process thought process of people I've been in relationship with in the past that you know what I'm saying you know like you 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 can make me better or I'm better with you or I can make you better and da, da, da. but people decide whether they're gonna change or not you know what I'm saying and so it's like you you make a choice and like we're going to have a conversation about potential at some point too, but it's like, even in Tank's comment, I want you guys to go check it out for yourself at some point. But he said, um, he said, what I was saying was, I'm, I'm still willing to work with you regardless of your baggage or something like that. And I have to unpack my baggage too. Like you can help me unpack my baggage too. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. You go to therapy. You go to therapy, I go to therapy, and if we do need to do couples therapy, then that can be a thing. But we are not going to fix each other. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like that's another that's another like narrative that needs to be. I want to push back on that narrative and this emotional, irresponsible music that we consume. Like I've there's been music on my playlist where I'm like, you know, this served a purpose for that time, but now that I've healed from that thing, I'm gonna remove this song from my playlist. You know, like it, like there was, there was in, in a, 
yeah, I'm not even gonna go, I could go on and on, but I think that there's problematic song lyrics where people don't take responsibility for their own emotions. The mind game music, the, the fuck boy music, the fuck girl music, the fuck people music, like whatever it is, it's like music has a huge impact on the way that we behave or, or, or you know, like there's certain playlists that I've had to just throw away completely because I'm like, this makes me think of this. This makes me think of that. This makes me believe that. And if it could do that for my relationships with people or just the way that I behave, just imagine the, the imagery or what's being programmed in my psyche about sex. Miles? Are you... But what do you think about that? <laughs> anyway, if you're having a good time, put some thumbs up, send some hearts, send this live to three to five friends that you think would be interested in uh, talking about problematic song lyrics. Also, if you're consuming the podcast in playback, do the same, okay? Let me know how you're feeling. So I want to give a quick history of R&B music being that Tank is an R&B artist and this is an R&B song and we're talking about R&B and hip-hop from my lens, right? So uh, rhythm and uh, R&B, right? Rhythm and blues uh, is a term used to describe the blues influence form of music which has been predominantly performed by African Americans since the late 1930s. The term rhythm and blues was first introduced into the American lexicon um, in the late 1940s. The name's origin was created for the use of a music music marketing term by uh, Billboard magazine. The rhythm and blues term was created to replace the designation race music. Race music. Like, race music, right? Which until then was the standard catch-all phrase used in reference to to most music made by black people at the time. After the race music term was deemed offensive, I hope you're following me, Billboard began using the the rhythm and blues name that Jerry Wexler created. Hashtag whitewash. Anyway, so who who are some of the greats and the pioneers of R&B music? We got Diana Ross, Ella Fitzgerald, Marvin Gaye. When I get that feeling, I want sexual healing. Then Mary J. Blige, Chaka Khan, ain't nobody love me better, makes me happy, makes me feel this way. I'm always rubbing my chest. <laughs> body love, body praise. Okay, The Supremes, The Temptations, Boyz II Men, Wyclef John, Otis Redding, just to name a few. Okay, that's just to name a few. That ain't everybody, but that's just to name a few, okay? Uh, hey, how you doing if you're popping this in this live to three to five friends that you think would be interested in talking about problematic song lyrics, okay? Um, so in the 70s, white mainstream labels took interest in black music and integrating black music with mainstream media changed the genre. Over time, there was this evolution of R&B in, lyri- in the lyricism and content, right? So if you think about... if So if... You, I'm not just going to assume that everybody in this live or everybody who's consuming this podcast, whenever you are, uh, knows any of the names that I'm not going to assume that you know the names that I just dropped. However, I encourage you to go check them out. 
again, Diana Ross, Ella Fitzgerald, Mar Marvin Gaye, Mary J. Blige, Shaka Khan, The Supremes, The Temptations, Voice to Men, Wyclef John, Otis Redding. That, though, those weren't in any type of order. Those are just names I was thinking of. But their music sounds way different than the mainstream music today, right? So, anywho, what I noticed while looking into the history is that when an artist wanted to have more mainstream, be more mainstream, they had to dress, sing, and perform a certain way to appeal to white audiences. Okay? So simultaneously, hip-hop is on the rise while R&B is on the rise. And to go back to what we we're saying about race music, black people were using music as an outlet to speak on their experiences of the world. So both these genres were birthed from oppressed people who were speaking on the vulgarity and the oppression that they were, and the oppression that they were experiencing. Then while wanting more exposure um, and, and opportunity, folks had to wash down those experiences to some extent to appeal to different audiences and be less offensive. I don't think that anything has changed. Like when I was looking into this, I'm like, this sounds real familiar. Like I see, I see this on a grand scale. I see this happen on a grand scale and a small scale, smaller scale, like individual scale. Like when, when people want more opportunity, they have to, you know, conform to this certain level of professionalism or, or way of speaking, um, to, to be more, uh, to be more, um, less offensive and just more um, appealing to the masses right so what do you think about that so boom then uh we have someone like michael jackson right michael jackson changed the game michael jackson broke through and broke the boundaries of sexiness masculinity femininity dance clothing and r&b music then we have whitney houston and all her wonderful contributions and then in the late 80s artists carved out a space in the industry that was more smooth upbeat and in your face then we boom we got bobby brown he became a solo act and created music that expressed his true emotions about being a street lover boy where uh when he was in New Edition, he wasn't able to express his more edgy side. New Edition was more like, you know, upbeat. Like, uh, I feel like that was, they sang Candy Girl. Da, da, da. They sang more about love. Back in the day, uh, you know, uh, artists sang more about love. And like when they did talk about, uh, I don't know, it was, more, it was a little less suggestive or like in your face when they talked about sex and things like that now i'm not saying let's go back to that i'm just bringing this up just to add context and give like a little history lesson uh about you know where this genre how it's developed to get to a point where we're talking about miles and baggage <laughs> and making people a savage so anyway uh in the 90s <laughs> uh, in the <laughs> in the 90s in the end of the road became number one for boys to men and that changed the trajectory of r&b again so boys to men were black men who were uh who wore hip-hop you know more hip-hop baggy street attire while singing love music uh and then jodeci forever my lady now these both these groups were like they were they were they were masculine black men that were singers and that in itself like both these groups changed the paradigm 
for uh, black men to sing about love because like I said hip hop is on the rise too and you know like hard, hardcore hip hop catered more to uh, catered more to uh, that heteronormative for black men or black people you know it had that harder rough side and you got NWA and you know all the uh, death row and all these all those different people and Tupac and uh, all them singing a certain way and rapping a certain way um, and things like that. So, yeah, what do you think about that? What are your thoughts about this? And I'm I'm thinking about the fact that, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, hip-hop is younger than R&B because R&B has been around since, I want to say, the 40s. The 40s or 50s, and hip-hop was born about... Jeez, I'll have to look into... Oh, don't, don't take my hip-hop card. Uh, but yeah... I'm just I'm what I'm trying to figure out what I think about that <laughs> yes yes if you're just joining us please send this live to three to five friends that you think would be interested we're talking about problematic song lyrics join the conversation I want to know what you think about that so Jodeci right they ha- they captivated this more playful sexuality with sexual aggression they had more leather and more baggy pants and all this other stuff and they had crazy deep voices these men could sing they asses off I'm trying to tell you okay so I encourage anyone consuming this content to go listen to any of these creatives uh, music in their in their discography I was actually going down memory lane and my mom and my, my mom and the older people in my life used to play a lot of this music uh, growing up and stuff like that. So it was just, it was cool to go back down memory lane and, re- and really think about this while I was trying to figure out what I thought about um, these song lyrics and where we are today, right? So huge trigger warning. Boop, 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 boop. Um, huge trigger warning. The next artist that I'm going to bring up has a lot of controversy surrounding them um, when it comes to trauma and abuse and things like that. So I just want to I just want to preface that by saying um, this is all going to tie in. But I want to let you guys know that I'm going to trigger warning. OK, um, and like I said in other episodes, you do not have to consume this content all in one sitting. OK, don't force yourself to listen to this conversation. Uh, if you're not ready, okay? Uh, yes, that would be a great idea. So, then we have R. Kelly. Now, all all the artists up until... All, all the artists from the birth of R&B to present broadened the gaze of R&B with their experience and their, their, their stories and their skill and what they thought, their producers and everything like that. And they broadened the gaze and change the trajectory of the genre and advance the genre and its evolution to get to a point where we have in R. Kelly, right? So I watched Surviving R. Kelly in all the episodes. Me personally, when it comes to social responsibility like and capacity, I believe that, you know, it's it's important to assume it's it's important to consume certain content to be aware, to be knowledgeable. Um the, the Surviving R. Kelly series taught me a lot, um, and it, it, it recalled a lot for me uh, as a professional just and as an artist and just period, you know? So, um, so yeah, from, from R. Kelly's childhood to the sexual abuse from men and women, the incest, and to his music teacher noticing the progression of his musical talent, but also how more and more explicit his music was getting, um, it really spoke to the impact of what he went through as a person 
uh, and and just the 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 social climate of the, his community. Growing up in Chicago, Illinois, I'm curious to know the the access to ethical mental health and child protective services that were available then and even still to this day. Because I don't think I'm. You know, I'm not too versed on the statistics and what's really going on in Chicago, Illinois, but I know that it's rough there and it has always been for a long time, you know, and that's where he's from. I can't remember what side. I can't remember what side of Chicago. Um, but yeah, our Kelly's from Chicago, Illinois. My family's from Chicago, Illinois, and just having conversations with them. Like I was raised here in Minnesota. Um, but I just am curious. I, I, I just think from time to time, what would my life be like if I was raised in Chicago uh, and things like that? Um, so I believe that I believe a lot of elements of R. Kelly's upbringing failed him. And then, boom, he got fame. Right. So then uh, so then we look at uh, I believe once his money and his power, once he had money and power, he was less likely to get healing and support. Um, and then boom, people's paychecks were attached to him and his sickness. So no kind of, no accountability, which is, there's levels to it, you know, uh, and it's, it's problematic. And so you think of, you think of this artist who had a crazy amount of talent, grew up in this very impoverished place and endured a ton of sex, uh, a ton of sexual abuse from a lot of different people. People who were supposed to be safe people in his life, identified as his family or, or people that he can go to when he needed help, sexually abused him. And then, you know, neighbors, strangers, all this different, all these different things. And it came out in his music. It was coming out in his music from a young age, you know, and I thought it was really interesting. You know, someone who me as an as an artist, like um, I write, I write, I write songs, I write poems, I dance to music that i feel a way about or if it can hit me in a certain way like if i can connect to it you know i create it and so for i thought it was really interesting that his his music teacher was interviewed in the series and she talked up she's there's literally scenes where she talked about her concern you know she was like i noticed that you know he was really great at playing the piano and singing and over time the music that he was creating in grade school or i can't remember if it was grade school or middle school it was getting progressively explicit sexually and so my question to her would be like you know did why didn't you tell anybody and then also on the other hand what what help could he really have gotten with the climate that's in Chicago Illinois when it comes to protective services um I am not excusing anything at all I'm just I'm just thinking about it right um what do you think about that uh, yeah, so, and then when it comes to being, when it comes to proximity to abuse and unconsciousness, you think about, um, you think about the team of people that was around him and the people who, uh, who enabled this, you know, like when you get to a point where you have to make a docu-series about, uh, a man who has caused a lot of harm to a lot of people, um, sexually and tortured people and all the allegations right not one man not just one man can do that so it's like or, or one person can do that so he had a team of people clearly enabling the behavior and turning a blind eye and probably even contributing to the behavior and the recruitment or whatever it was that took place but I'm curious to you know like when you when you get on you put your people on right so I can only imagine this is my theory right um 
you're putting your people on you got fame you got money and all this other stuff and you got this sickness and you got this these issues that you need to deal with um but they're not going to be dealt with because what's the what's the social climate what's the norm you know like there's when i say unconsciousness i think of you know conversations i've had with peers before and i you know what i'm saying sometimes my peers or people i know have said like oh yeah this happened and da 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 and i'm like wait let's pause for a second because that's not okay. What, what you just said wasn't okay. Oh, that's normal to me. I didn't think that it was any, you know, blah, blah. Then you have a conversation about boundaries and mental health and blah. So this stuff probably was going over people's heads because who knows what kind of uh, sexual abuse or, or uh, neglect or uh, perversion other people were experiencing that enabled this behavior. They probably were like, you know, shit, let's get it, you know? Um, so yeah, that's why I'm so serious about mental health services and boundaries and all these different things. Um, me personally, there's a ton of stuff that I've healed from through therapy where I'm like, wow, didn't even know that that was a thing. Didn't even know that I was uh, that I was suffering from that because it was a norm. It was it was it was culturally accepted or you know or whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. Call your friends out, you know, and then also you know seek seek help, get help get out you know but that's a lot that's really a lot you know so regardless of anything he and everybody involved uh had choices to make and everyone made choices they did to and r kelly is where he is everybody has the right to make a choice and everybody chose what they chose and they are where they are now um and just recalling everything that I consumed, you know, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but I, I binge watched some really traumatic stuff. <laughs> and I, you know, like now just recalling all of it, it was just a lot to take in. But from R. Kelly and then his brother and other relatives, like when they were interviewing each person, it, at some point or another, people were talking about the uh, sexual trauma that they've experienced, you know, especially uh, R. Kelly's brother, who is, I think he's still, when he was being interviewed, he was currently in jail, and he was talking about how they they experienced similar traumas and things like that, um, and there was, there was nowhere to go for them um, or anyone to help, so... But you look at you look at R. Kelly's uh, catalog of music, and there's music where it was just like he was telling us the whole time. He was telling the world the whole time, you know. But we were unconscious. We, you know, it's like we put these people on pedestals, and and still to this day, I believe there are people protesting against him being locked up because he is like he's like the he's like a hood hero from for Chicago. He made it out of Chicago, Illinois, and. Um, and that's a big deal for some people there and there were people there were people there who even in the docu series were like free R Kelly like save R Kelly da 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 um and they didn't see anything wrong with what was going on and they were actually turning against the other women it was you know that that were actually telling speaking their truth and all this other stuff so uh I'm just going to go ahead and take a deep breath cuz that was a lot but what do you think about that um, out of all the all the names I called out, you know, like you you got um, wait, wait, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I'm just gonna wrap it up. But then you boom, you move forward. You got Lauren Hill, who was a, a huge staple in the time 
in her, in her time for women and black people and still to this day her music and contributions are praised and they're timeless then you got your TLCs and your uh, Destiny's Child and Beyond and then we're into the uh, early 2000s and you know presents present now we're in 2021 and we have a whole another plethora of artists who are making waves from the 2000s to the you know to the present and things like that so thank you to everybody who stuck in there with me thank you to everybody who was popping in that part got a little that part got a little uh challenging you know but it's a it's a harsh reality and it's real and it should be talked about because it's like i know that i was looking at the statistics of race race of people who consume what genre and um when it comes to when it comes to the statistics today uh you know it's more people of color who consume hip-hop and r&b now but back then it you know when you talk about consumers we're talking about buying vinyl buying cds buying this stuff and it was typically white people um but when it when, when it comes to sex when it comes to sex period there's a lack there's lack everywhere and there's abuse everywhere there's trauma everywhere um and all these different things but my thing about it is it needs to be talked about it these things need to be addressed and things like that and so what whether it be you equating yourself to miles because of how many people you slept with that's a problem for me you know what i'm saying or somebody equating you to oh this is your body count and that's your body count no if you have a sex a, a healthy sex drive um and you you know what i'm saying are interested in having multiple partners or whatever it is or whatever it is like it's really nobody's business but yours to keep yourself safe and communicate and just make sure you do what you need to do so that you and your partners are protected and educated on whatever but for me like that that was problematic for me you know what i'm saying and then to bring the baggage into it and the uh who are you like who are you i was talking to my friend matt and he was just like i love what he said <laughs> he was like as if your magical penis could just could just make me a savage and boss me up you're right like who are you you're 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 you are who you are but and i am who i am uh but i just like you know but huge shout out to tank huge shout out to tank because if he wouldn't have commented on this on this post, I wouldn't even have thought deeper into it. You know, honestly, I was going back and forth between five different topics of what I wanted to talk about, but he sparked this drive in me that it's like, you really think this way? You know, like. <laughs> so in closing, out of all the list of artists that I named, these people all have different. Um, they're different people with different lifestyles. There's history of the genre um and there's history of from when these black americans these black people were like i come from people who were property come on let's talk about it to create these genres and create this evolution of discography and music and express ourselves in these different ways and yes our music speaks to the vulgarity of X, Y, and Z in our sexual experiences. And also there's a, there's, I believe there's a social responsibility and an individual responsibility to be conscious of what we consume. If you, I swear, if you are under the sound of my voice and you ever think that you are going to replicate what you see on anything 
any pornograph- pornographic movie, any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, any any movie that you see, like, it's, it's please, just, please don't do it. <laughs> don't do it that way. You know, find a way that works for you. Figure out what your body likes. Figure out what, you know, like, get educated. Educate yourself on your body and your true preferences. Educate yourself on your sexuality uh, because it's just, it's like those two lines, those two lines alone speak I you know I just talked a whole hour for those about those two lines alone but look at all of what it's opened up you know and so my hope is I'm not saying I'm not saying delete songs I'm not saying listen to different songs I'm just saying be aware of what you're consuming you know because there was a point in my life where I equated myself to how many people I've slept with in the past that's a problem for me and it's something I'll never do again you know what I'm saying but it's it's just I, I find it problematic. Um, <laughs> I just, I think that, you know, clearly what we're doing here is a sex talk. And I think it's really important to have authentic sex education. And I, I feel like this is, for me, this is as authentic as I could possibly get. But when it comes to mainstream media and the images and the, uh, you know, perceptions that we're, that's forced, we're force fed these images and these lyrics and these things, um, whether it be TV commercials, radio ads, or even, you know, it's on a playlist or whatever. We're driving down the street in the car listening to it, whatever it is. How how we're consuming these um, messages, it's, it's, it's in our brains and it says a lot and everything like that. And so I think we have the right to be conscious about what we consume. Uh, last but not least, I myself create music, right? And so when I was 20 years old, I was a part of this cypher. Um, I was, I was a part of this cypher and I wrote a, I wrote a song, I wrote a verse. And in that verse, I said, they respect the Lieutenant. I work hard to spend it. And Sonny didn't have to lay down on her back to get it. Pause. Okay. I said it. I meant it. I recorded it and it's posted. I will never tell them to take it down. I will never say I changed, like change that, uh, change, change the thing. Da, da, da. I will never take it back. I said it, you know, because I was speaking from a specific lens at that time. However, I am at a point now where, boom, a few, a few weeks ago, about a month or so ago, we had a conversation about WAP. Never, never, it, when I wrote that verse, I never would have thought that there would be a WAP you know, um, or anything like that. But the way I spoke about WAP is what I believe. And I feel like I'm still going to broaden my gaze on sex education and how women and queer people are liberate themselves sexually. Um, and everything like that. With that said, I am open to having conversations. Should somebody hear that? If you, if you met me now and you hear my content now and you want to go look at my old content, I'm willing to have that conversation if you want to question why I said that. And I would be interested to know what kind of conversation would 28-year-old Sonny have with 20-year-old Sonny. Like, hey, uh, in about eight years, a lot's going to change for you. <laughs> and I, I, just want, I just want you to think about what you're going to say here. I, was, I, I had a way different experience and a way different gaze. And um, in the last eight years, a lot of people have helped me broaden it. That social responsibility, that influence, that the people I align myself with, thank God, you know. But yeah, 
So, yeah, I've said some things and, you know, some stuff didn't make it out and some stuff did. And I'm willing to and moving forward, I'm not going to always say the right thing. However, that's why I like to have open dialogue and have an open space to have open conversation about these things. Because just when it to go back to what I was saying about um, R. Kelly and the people the people around him now I'm not I'm not excusing or negating anything that they did because of whatever they experienced however everybody who played a role in it had a choice everybody made a choice uh I was having a conversation with a friend a while ago who had uh we were having a, a little mini debate about uh we were having a mini debate about uh what's the word I'm looking for when our uh Kanye West when Kanye West said slavery was a choice that sounded like a choice to me and there was an uproar because he said that right so I'm like I'm telling my friend I'm like you just gotta be mindful about X, Y, and Z and I'm going on and on and on da 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 and he was like and he was like you know slavery and this the person I was talking to was another person he was black too <laughs> biracial I don't know if that matters whatever but he said uh he said slavery it was a choice for some people he's like uh he's like Harriet Tubman made a choice um he said she she said either I'm gonna be a slave or I'm gonna die trying to escape and you know even though you know there's some things that he said in that conversation that I don't 100% agree with I did it did open my mind to thinking of things in a different way um I don't agree with what Kanye West said or whatever like I wasn't really into the debate we were just talking about the uproar and how people feel about it but at the end of the day uh that's true Harriet Tubman made a choice and other people who escaped slavery and all these different things but at the same time it was just a lot anyway that's not what this conversation is about all I'm saying is you know we have choices and yeah and conversation opening opening the floor for open dialogue is really important um because who knows you could change you could change your mind you could change the trajectory change your mind change trajectories of your life you know Anywho, thank you so much for tuning in. Y'all made it to the end. Shout out to everybody who's still in here with me. I really appreciate y'all. I know it got rough at the end. It got challenging at the end, but we made it. We made it. And I want to know what you guys think about that. Remember, this conversation doesn't stop here. Um, Let's talk from Sunday to Sunday. Feel free to reach out to me. Feel free to... um, Feel free to hit me up in my DM. You can comment on this video. Um at any time or shoot me a dm uh, keep the conversation going i really appreciate everything and all the support and all that the, all that we've created so far i can't have this conversation without you uh and i really appreciate that if you'd like to donate to the sex talk please feel free to cash app or venmo me at tst tv 143 thank you sarah for pinning uh, for putting the comment down there every dime that is donated to the sex talk is invested right back into the sex talk I really love and appreciate you guys. Please share this content and keep the conversation going. Y'all take good care of your take good care of yourself. Bye.